0: Welcome to Mental Awareness Discussion, The MAD Podcast, with Miles Weber, Heather Weber, and Susan Thompson.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The MAD Podcast, The Mental Awareness Discussion, brought to you always by Broken Drift Productions and Banana Bros. we got the pink unicorn shirt here. Hop online, get your AZ Banana Bros. With me, as always, is my lovely co-host and partner in life, my wife, Heather Weber. Hello, dear. How are you doing?
0: hello hello
1: i'm doing good how are you doing good alrighty. and always with us our friend and comedian from canada susan thompson how's it going susan
2: morning guys how are you
1: we're good 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 all right we're excited about today's episode uh because today we are going to deep dive on uh bipolar 2 uh, with you, Susan, because you uh, do, in fact, have yay. bipolar, too. I know, right? Yay. Yay. <laughs> righty, Yeah, <laughs> it's one of those bittersweet things like, <laughs> yeah, we get to talk about it. So, yes. <laughs> so, yes. Um. Yeah. When did you get diagnosed with bipolar, too?
2: Uh. Well, I always, I struggled with depression for most of my life. Uh, Mm I finally got a diagnosis like 18 or 19 when they were like, hey, Susan, you're not participating in uh, all the subjects you love anymore. So Mm
0: -hmm.
2: um, that would have been when I was around 18. And I think I struggled with that on and off until um, I had my daughter in 2007. Mm -hmm. Um, And I actually uh, had uh, a doctor take me in. For a regular checkup, how are you doing? And I finally crashed and burned, and I was diagnosed with pregnancy psychosis. So that generally doesn't come about unless there's a bipolar somewhere in the family or some type of a psychotic episode previously. So mm-hmm. through some testing and stuff, they sent me through um, Royal Columbian Hospital here in New Westminster has a reproductive psychiatry program. So I had to go there for quite some time while they... Went through a whole pile of things to figure out what was going on and uh yeah, so I finally received diagnosis around uh middle to end of two thousand and six into two thousand
1: seven. Okay. Super now fun. at the time were you how educated were you on bipolar disorder? Or were you just like everybody else with the stigma? Everybody of life, she's oh, crazy. No, I'm oh, crazy yeah, now. She's
2: crazy. Yeah, she's she's crazy. She's up at four o'clock in the morning writing. Uh, in three or four different notebooks at a time, while trying to go into the kitchen and make brownies, she's crazy. That's it. So, or my as my mother said, artistic. She was like, "You're not, you're not crazy. You're artistic." I'm like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. So the whole world, the whole world's artistic, according to my mother.
1: I mean, yeah, (laughs) I think think there's varying degrees of it. And I think, yeah, no, I mean, I I don't think she was too far off base with it, surprisingly. Um, That's just that's just always so infuriating to me, though. I mean, because I mean, I, I remember being young and falling in that same boat you know, and having those conversations about people who were bipolar and refer, that was kind of like the synonym to crazy. And, uh, just to be, to now, like being older, I can, I'm, I'm, I try and do everything I can to put myself in other people's shoes and situations. Uh, and, and what do you do with that information when like, if you're uneducated about bipolar and what it means to have it actually, and now somebody tells you, you have this thing, you didn't do anything to get it. It's not like you they were like red or green ah fuck you picked the bipolar one shame on you like yeah. it's it's not even that you did nothing to get it and now you get this diagnosis and then it's like oh i'm crazy now i guess it's what do you even do with that information that's constructive like i mean no wonder people spiral and and so yeah it's terrifying to think that that's been the mo for so long
2: well because you finally like i think you hit the nail on the head like we make fun of stuff or whatever and all of a sudden then it can it turns and it's you and you're like oh shit this isn't funny anymore (laughs) it's it's amazing how you're like oh no that's that's no that's that's not funny so i mean it's a matter of accepting you're not perfect human beings aren't perfect and well (laughs) i like to think i am but no but human beings were not perfect and we have not only created this image of what we should all look like with social media and everything else we've created this image of what we're all supposed to be. You're supposed to get up in the morning, and go to work and be successful and get married, have kids and have the picket fence in the yard and, yeah. you know, showcase to the rest of the world that you're fine and don't air out your dirty laundry, which it's like we're still living in the 1950s. Like stuff yeah. hasn't progressed as much as we think it has. Or at least I don't think it has. We still hide stuff a lot. Yeah. Adults were told you can't make mistakes. There's a shame in being imperfect and making mistakes
1: yeah and i think we're just now getting into the like start of it as it were of how i think the conversation is happening now you know that's why we're doing this podcast obviously but i think it's happening everywhere there's at least a conversation about mental health that is beginning to happen um because i do think that it is one of the most important things really that we need to be addressing as a people you know as a species so so many of all of our big rooted problems you can trace back to some type of trauma some type of not being able to cope those mechanisms don't exist and so the outside world needs to suffer if you can get your mind right everything else isn't as heavy things become a little easier and everything so i i'm glad that the conversation started now but i mean like i said even being a person who was a part of those conversations and didn't think nothing of it it wasn't that long ago you know and i mean it's still and 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 it's, we're, I mean, I think the the buzzwords right now are like anti-racism is no longer to, to be not racist. You have to be anti-racist. You have to call it out when you see it. And so, yeah, it's kind of like the same thing now with mental health. We really need to be advocates for our, each other and go, yeah, no, this is what's going on here. Don't say that, man. Like, no, they're not, a, hey, did you, don't call her crazy or don't say that that's bipolar. Like, I mean, that's probably not good to say that. And so really just trying to take the time and stop and educate people, you know? So, so you get, this diagnosis what's your immediate call to action then what do you do with that information
2: I exactly like now I'm kind of like I when they told me I was just I I was by myself I didn't know what to do with it I was like this is this is something real so I would read and just um, try to learn to see people with a little more compassion like try to Mm -hmm. exactly like what you were saying like okay maybe there's something else going on here so even when people are pissed off with me now or i think they're pissed off with me i'm like okay what else is going on in this person's life that i don't know about that they're lashing out at me Mm -hmm. so i just i've i just did a lot of reading and a lot of research i tried to find um doctors or anything i could that could give me some information Mm -hmm. um because it's still a lot of self-research. So for them to kind of go, okay, this is your diagnosis is bipolar two uh, brought on by a psychotic episode while you were pregnant. So we don't know if it's going to happen again. We don't know what the long-term stuff is. We don't know the long-term effects of the drugs we're giving you, but take this home and uh, have a read and we'll see you in six
0: weeks. And you were, like when you found out.
2: Yeah. Like I was, I was, um, when I went in for, one of my final visits, like I'd gained a tremendous amount of weight. Like I'm surprised people didn't say anything. I'd gained, I've lost now about 150 pounds. Wow. And it, I'm kind of going, Oh, nobody saw anything here. Like I put on a lot of weight while I was pregnant. Um, I went on medical leave after four and a half months. So after that diagnosis started to go in and they took me off work, they're like, no, you're not going back to work right now you're like you're going to be off on a medical leave pregnancy medical leave then you'll be off for your maternity after so i was off for almost 18 months that was a long time to be away from work
0: so were they able to start you on any medication because you were pregnant
2: yeah they um a lot of blood work involved every couple of days so they started me on um what I think was called Halidol or something. And then we were, um, lithium seemed to be the best one for me. So lithium, I was in the reproductive psychiatry program every two days, so Tuesdays and Thursdays, that meant Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays, I was going for blood work and being monitored by a doctor. So Mm -hmm. it went from zero people helping me. I'm going, I think I need help, something's wrong, to all these people so concerned but it didn't feel like they were concerned about me. It felt like there was more concern about the baby mm-hmm. at that time. So it, it took a long time to understand the balance of what they were trying to do. Sorry, that's... my head is racing a little.
1: Oh, yeah, it's all good. No, no, take your time with it. I mean, it's a lot to process. Um, that's got to be shitty, too, though, to, to feel like like you just said, like it went from no help to all the help but you really only seem to be invested in the baby. And it's like, what do you say? Why? What's the meaning? Am I a lost cause? Like, is, is the baby okay. savable? Like, so it's just, it's still fucked up. Like, I mean, it's just, and when they're like, yeah, you got this. We don't know what to do. So to do read this. Maybe you'll figure it out. It's like, dude, how are you a doctor? Like, how are you professional?
2: Yeah, I'm like, you guys have an entire program dedicated to this, an entire building looking after women in this through, uh, a, it's a combined program with the Vancouver women's hospital. I'm like, you guys can't figure out or give me a better, a, a diagnosis is one thing, but long-term help and support is something completely different. So now I've got to take this information home and say to my family, Oh, Hey, um, what do you want to do with this? And they don't know what to do with it either. So it's, people shut down or they're you they just kind of keep going about your day you're like oh if you don't talk about it it's fine it'll go away and do its own thing
1: until said it... no person ever who got where they wanted to be why like, <laughs> it's know. literally you can never trace that logic back to hey i ignored this thing and look at me i'm good that's, at... n- that's never
2: <laughs> we did nothing and we expected everything so no yeah. and like it, it There wasn't much to do with it aside from go in and take the medication. Can you guys hear me?
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. you're fine.
2: Okay, there you are. Um, Yeah, it's one thing to take that medication and go about your day. And then finally, a few years down the line, um, I was uh, starting to do stand-up comedy I was doing well so I was looking after the house and the kids and stuff during the day and then I'm picking up my stuff and heading downtown so I could do shows three or four nights a week and finally Mm -hmm. I crashed. I ended up, uh, I checked myself into the hospital. I needed some help and um, it's not a good situation when your partner is like, what do you need to go to the hospital for? Okay. Mm -hmm. There's stuff going on that's been ignored for too long. It's been ignored for so long that we don't even it's almost unrecognizable until you really have to dig for it it's it's one thing to ignore it but it's another that it actually starts to disappear so i ended up in the hospital um because here in canada we do have universal health care uh where you guys pay for help of course here there's still a process mental health is not viewed as something that uh is dire or uh needed so, there's a lot of waiting and a lot of piecework, and things slip through the system. So, I finally checked myself into the hospital and I sat in that ER. Uh, my husband at the time took me in, and after a couple of hours, he left. So, I stayed by myself sitting in a casting station, which is just a small cubicle with a chair. I sat there for almost 12 and a half hours. Nobody came in. I think I had one doctor that came in, and uh, I was frustrated. I said, You know what? I think I can handle this myself. I'm going to head home. He says, No. He says, You're mine now. He says, Once you come into the hospital, you stay in the hospital. And I started to panic. And I'm like, I don't understand what that means. I'm like, you're telling me I'm a prisoner here? I've come here for help. Mm -hmm. I'm not getting what I perceive to be good help. And I want to leave. And I'm told I can't leave. So I I felt like I was forced to be on very good behavior to make sure I got that. Someone to let me out within that observation period. (laughs) So I was told for a long time uh, that I there was no doctors available. There's no help available. They're still looking into it. I would get referrals. It would go back and forth. So it finally took me going into the hospital saying, I need help. I'm not kidding. Um, They finally found me a doctor that was uh, less than two blocks from my house. So I ended up finally with a psychiatrist that actually listened. She was um, a very amazing person. Like she actually loved her job. Uh, So she was fantastic. I mean, we all, I mean, when we are dealing with the mental health system, what people forget is, I don't want to necessarily take help from you in the mental health system, because you're not helping me because you know me and you love me, you're doing it because it's your job.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And there's a big difference. And even those people in those positions, they forget that, as the individual, we don't deal with this all the time. This isn't something that we know of, and that we're used to seeing, we don't work in a hospital with 50 60 other patients when like oh say that what's that
0: we're not numb to it like a lot of doctors. no
2: and i and i don't know if they do it in th- i don't think they do it intentionally but they uh they get numb to things or they i it, I, the I personal part gets removed
1: i think with uh doctors i think it's similar in other professions that are also very emotionally taxing like i'm sure that certain types of lawyers who practice certain types of law, it's a lot. I'm sure police, certain, you know, we talk about the ones that we know who are, you know, decent police officers actually trying to do good work, um, very emotionally taxing. And so that's those situations where I feel like doctors, I mean, they all seem to excel well at it. They kind of take their emotions out of it to a degree, but then you kind of just become this robot you know, and you're just completely not there come there's, there's a line where you're no longer in tune with the other people's empathy. Like you, you don't have the empathy, you know, to, to be able to try and connect and understand what this person's going through that you might not want to say it that way. Or it's like, I want to do a speaking seminar for doctors. It's like, I shouldn't have to tell you not to say this. So like, <laughs> Yeah. I really shouldn't have to tell you not to because you're getting paid entirely too much for me to have. This is basic. This you you can you know all your shit about, oh, what pills to prescribe and what's going on with your body. And I can tell you every organ and I could do surgery on I could do surgery on your brain. Yeah, man. But this is English. This is really fucking basic. Come on, man. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. So I mean, dude, really read the room. Come on now. Like, so they I think they don't know how. Them. And I think it's because it's such a heavy job. If, if you got people dying, every, human beings are dying around you every day in some capacity, whether it's under your watch or not, that's a lot. And then doctors and all these people who work, they get paid so much, they work themselves to the bone. And so it's like, you're overworking yourself in a condition where you're having to remove your emotions from your work in order for you to survive and be able to do it more. Mm-hmm. Tell me that doesn't leak into the rest of your life. Like, I mean, so it's just, I think there needs to be a bigger mental health conversation, not just about us, but the p- who helps the helpers. Like, what are we doing to make sure that you're all of sane and sound mind and aren't being overworked to the bone to the point where you just don't even understand, I don't register as an emoting human to you anymore.
2: Yeah, like I've I've been hired uh, under, I worked for Stand Up for Mental Health for some time. So yeah, going into hospitals and clinics, et cetera, and trying to get doctors and nurses to understand what we're feeling coming in to see you And it blew my mind that I was being hired by these organizations to teach these professionals about how to deal with the general public. I Uh, I mean, and the the science is one thing I appreciate. We need to take the emotion out of a lot of it. But when you're dealing with something with mental health, that is emotional. Humans are emotional. I mean, look at the pandemic we've just all gone through. The fact that we're isolating people in order to save them is killing them just as much as the virus was. So there's not really... I I don't, social distancing, all that kind of stuff, I think it it can be, it's a good thing, but it's also very dangerous. Humans are meant to live in packs as communities and groups and Mm -hmm. look after each other. It's the only way to survive. So if you look at nowadays, so many of us, social media, or we work two jobs, come to my neighborhood, you could shoot a cannon off in the middle of the, uh, can you hear me?
1: Yeah, I can hear you. I was just holding up the oh. phone. I'm just like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're talking about uh, individuality as opposed to the community. You know, I mean, well, yeah, uh, I mean, we are pack creatures and this has taken that away. It's like, kill- I mean, there's no more as a no. group. This is just you are you trapped to this device
2: in my neighborhood alone i could go off i could go outside right now and shoot a cannon off and probably nobody would call the police nobody would be out there because they're all working nobody i'm like you got all these beautiful homes and nobody's home to enjoy them
1: they're also in canada in america they would call somebody there's a cannon can i
2: sue
0: can i sue no in america Uh, everybody would be on the next door app and be like did you hear that was that a fire 30 seconds easily (laughs)
2: Oh my God, that's awesome! I miss you guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 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 just we have forgotten how to interact as people, and um, I, I ultimately like I, we were talking with was it Greg yesterday, mm-hmm. and his family they're still together. I mm-hmm. this I kind of had the opposite, whereas it was like okay, we have a diagnosis of what this is. How do we deal with this? Um, my parents didn't want to say anything. They lived in the suite downstairs with me and hmm. they knew things were up, but they didn't want to say anything. And, uh, my ex didn't want to talk about it. And eventually it did. It, it, my illness, my illness didn't cause the problems, but not dealing with it on my personal end and for the family as well. Didn't help anybody. I mean, I have an amazing relationship with my kids who are 18 and 14 this week, actually. Um, But it took a while to repair that and I resented my kids for a long time because the illnesses and what I was diagnosed with, I'm not sure I would have necessarily, I would, I blamed them for it or I would try to blame them for it to make stuff, to make stuff, make stuff make sense because none Mm -hmm. of it made sense. Mm -hmm. Um, Being a parent is not the easiest job. people think it is it's like oh you can have your own kids and do whatever you want yeah it's it's the hardest job in the world like my boss like i'm not i don't have my boss coming to my bedroom at three o'clock in the morning banging his coffee cup on the counter going come on we need juice like it doesn't end and Mm -hmm. the fact that we don't we, we women are isolated at home during the day and there's not a lot of other the only other parents you're talking to are other mothers you may not like them you're alone and you're looking after this tiny human being. They're like, here you go. <laughs> You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. So I, I had a really hard time taking all that information in and putting it into um, something that was workable. And it still take me some time. I'm finally, I'm divorced now, but I'm completely on my own. Um, I was living on my own and I kept getting ill. I knew there was problems and I didn't have the resources or the money to get the help that I need. So, um, I am getting back on my feet. I live with a friend of mine here in Langley. I was supposed to be, I had just gone through divorce. I was supposed to be moving to the United States. So I paid a lot of money to move and then pandemic hit. So I am starting from ground zero yet again. So, um, even when I was with you guys in Las Vegas, like to be back on the road after a year and a half, it was a clusterfuck in my head. It was, um, it's going to take some time to get back into being able to be on the road, be by myself and one know how to help myself when I, there's no one else around and how to reach out to get help that I need. Um, but I mean, the people around you as well, we've become, we, we just talked about this, we get so wrapped up in our own lives mm-hmm. um, that we're, we all hear finally, if somebody, God forbid, somebody does commit suicide, we hear, oh, well, I really wish they would have reached out. Well, they did.
0: Mm-hmm. You
2: just were not paying attention. Yep. And it's its not intentional, I don't think, always. I keep saying that, but we need to start becoming more self-aware in order for all of us to be doing better we need to be more self-aware and mental Mm -hmm. health is something that we can't control. We don't know where it comes from. The brain is very understudied. Uh, We're just starting to learn more about it. You guys know this, you guys have been through this. So finding, finding like-minded people helps like you.
0: Well, and I feel like so much, I think I've said it before, so much of society puts that pressure on you to have that brave face. And I'm sure for you, you know, going through your diagnosis and your family not wanting to acknowledge it in the proper way and doctors not being able to acknowledge it in the proper way, I think that kind of forced you to be like, maybe it's all in my head and I'll just put on a brave face and figure out how to do this on my own. And, you know, unfortunately. It wasn't the right way but society kind of falls in line with that of just like no everything's fine and we're so quick to judge people on what makes somebody else sad or angry or depressed of just like oh well you're sad over that well i had this happen and it mm-hmm. becomes you know a comparison um so yeah there's just there's so much pressure
1: I, I i think we're at a point in society where there can be no more stock answers and by stock yeah. answers, that's what I mean, where it's like, hey, how you doing today? Fine. No, I'm doing all right. I mean, I, I think we're beyond put it all on a man. Let the cashier know, like, I'm not OK today. Actually, I, I was crying in the shower for 30 minutes at just the thought of leaving the house. Uh, put it on a man. No more stock answers like we need to be yeah. there for each other and just, e- educate yourself. You know, I mean, that's why we're doing this podcast. Educate yourself about uh I feel like it's like there's no owner's manual to society and there's no owner's manual to being a human amongst other humans in the society. But I mean, the closest thing you could get to is at least try and understand all the different kinds of people, you know, I mean, every type of person that you are not try and do some digging on what those people are like, you know, how it is, you know, what that experience is. I mean, so yeah, it's just, we need to better educate ourselves on, um, you know, all the things going on with people. And I think we'd have a lot more kind of instant compassion to be like, oh yeah, no, 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 no. I, I, I think I know what this is. This person probably needs this. And to d- really drive that point further, not talking about it doesn't, doesn't work. work. That's because, I mean, it's, I wanna commend you for being able to present this diagnosis to your family. And I think you did it right. You were like, hey, you know, we're a unit. What do we do about this together? Is there a way we can all kind of come together in this? And just as much as you were like, oh, I probably should have talked about it more than I did. They should have talked about it at all as well. And so, I mean, not it's I there's a a friend of mine who years ago was saying that her car was making a noise when she drove it like a grinding nasty like uh, it doesn't sound good. And I heard it. I'm like, this is not I don't feel safe in this car. Yeah, so you need to take this. And then one day I was like, did you get your car fixed? And she's like, oh no, it just stop making the noise. So I, I guess it just fixed itself. And I was like, wow, oh, no, no. wow, no. And so when I think of the whole like, oh, we'll just not talk about it and it's fine. It's that energy to me. It's just like, oh, the car stopped making, a no- the smoke isn't coming out anymore. So it probably just fixed itself. But you think there's fucking gnomes in there doing this? Like, what do you know? What are you saying <laughs> right now? So yeah, it's like not talking about it isn't the answer. Like if you need to, hey, I can't deal with this right now because X, Y, Z, but let's talk Tuesday. Tuesday night, man, I got you like, I mean, do something like you mentioned the thing about the doctors where they have to kind of remove that emotion in order to do the job, removing the emotion for whatever reason to get through right now, if this is an intense moment is fine, I totally understand it, but you at some point have to reintroduce the emotion. Like, yeah. if this is too much for me right now and I need to fall apart, but I got to hold it together right now for other people, I'll hold it together. But what time am I off? Five? I'll get home at six, out of the shower by 6.30, seven o'clock. I'm going to fall apart. Oh, it's going to be so good. Yeah, I'm going to lose my fucking mind tonight. <laughs> like, try it. It needs to come back. So Well,
2: yeah. Like, the help needs to help like doctors, nurses, all that kind of stuff. I know they're there to help and to do what uh, they need to. And I know that they, they, they feel that they need to remove themselves, but it's like, okay, then that's not the right answer for them either. Because rather than removing the emotion, maybe we need to learn how to better deal with emotion mm-hmm. rather than removing it all together. I, we, I mean, we all hear it all the time, especially in the clubs. You're like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. it. Makes me uncomfortable. Welcome to life. There's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to make you uncomfortable, but you know what? Not talking about it doesn't make it go away.
1: Yeah. It just... It, it doesn't not exist now. Worse.
0: No, it's it's still there. Yeah.
2: It's,
0: it's Well, and I think it's, it's, it's a way that we could use social media for the right way. Um because I think somebody everybody's so good at just, well, this is my good day. This is the good thing happening. This is and it's all just a facade of, oh, well, I'm going to make my life look like this, you know, like it's perfect. Um, but I think, you know, I've, I've gotten better at it and I actually enjoy like posting, Hey, I'm struggling today. Hey, I had this happen. Um, and just kind of letting people in, it helps me and I'm hoping it helps other people. You know, I had a friend and she put her whole breakup online and she was having people say like, Oh, well don't put your public, you know, don't put everything in public. Dah, 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 dah. And it was just like, yeah, but she's getting help from it and she's helping other people just because if it doesn't, if it makes you uncomfortable, don't read it and scan through it. But you know, like Miles and I got told that when we separated last year, oh, you shouldn't have put yeah. that. Back. And it was like, yeah, but we needed help. No. We needed help. We didn't want to repeat the story. We wanted people to be there for us. So we're going to put it out there.
2: It yeah. takes takes balls to be able to do that. I mean. I mean, there are times that I feel I can't be that honest. Like at the grocery store the other day, she's like, how are you doing today? I'm like, I put on pants. Like I need yeah. to curb some of the stuff I'm saying. Cause she was like, you're really funny. I'm like, no, I was just being truthful here for a second. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there is, there is a way that as comedians, we can help. And there is oh, yeah. a great feeling to be able to get off stage and hear oh, one yeah. person go, you know, I really needed that today.
1: Oh yeah. Absolutely. And
2: that, that's, that's Bill- a big
1: build each other up you know i mean and it's just like heather was saying about uh the stuff online and social media was more uh, real and everything i mean Definitely. she she created a little mental health group a little you know that you know yeah i am in mean that I yeah love you're it. in it yeah exactly and it's just people being like hey this i'm going through it today and everybody just builds each other up and it's like man imagine if that was just facebook Imagine yeah, right? if people just posted online, like, yeah, I'm kind of going through it today. And folks were like, hey, man, you're dope. Like, I appreciate you for this reason. So just now, like, if for nothing else. Like, so, I mean, yeah, it's just I wish it was more building people up and everything and that it was just kind of geared towards that as opposed to the opposite.
2: Yeah. Start yeah. fights on positive energy. Like, no, I love you, man. No, I love you more. No, I love him more.
1: Fuck like, you. Like, I love you me. the most. Fuck you. I love you the most. Like, exactly. That would be
2: those are the better kind of fights rather than everything else that we 100%. see that's going on especially lately it's so toxic it's really that's bad. why i don't i don't mind instagram or tiktok because it's so quick it's like 10 15 seconds mm-hmm. but facebook you're like oh god here comes
1: yeah, <laughs> somebody's just...
2: fighting facebook Grab and twitter facebook off.
1: and twitter people are just angry everybody's just face, facebook and twitter is just the internet yelling <laughs> So at least on Instagram, I can like lose my. I could dump out my brain with like motivational yeah. Instagram butts. Like I mean that's <laughs> there's and then TikTok. I could look at stupid silly shit. You know I mean oh, couples yeah. pulling pranks on each other and dogs doing weird stuff. So I mean yeah, I, I appreciate those. But I mean yeah, I I. Maybe that's probably what fucking Zucker nuts needs to do right like he probably just needs to rebrand yeah, facebook right. as like a, a mental health advocacy page where we all just build each other up i mean go the other way homie <laughs> like if you really want to keep your billions i think that would yeah, be the right. way you could spin this shit sandwich into a positive and just be like hey we're only here to just kind of be real about how you're doing and find ways to build each other up here's a puppy here's this here's this funny video <laughs> i saw like i mean so yeah like that would be good but there's probably not as much money in it so who cares mm-hmm. um yeah, how,
2: how sad is that yeah. it's it yeah. takes um what's the saying it's like it's harder to make people laugh than it is to
1: make them cry no exactly yeah, yeah it, it um,
0: susan was- i had a question for you um so over time when did you get comfortable talking to your kids about your diagnosis and kind of what was going on um it would have been well I had
2: to have the conversation when I went to the hospital I mean my, my kids were young but mm-hmm. like where are you going oh mommy's going to the hospital why because they still associate with the hospital with you know blood and guts that's the only time you go
0: mm-hmm. um,
2: so that was uh it was a uh, It it was a conversation that had to happen. I mean, um, my kids didn't come to the hospital. Um, um, My ex didn't bring them to the hospital. I'd I'd asked for them to come.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Um, I wasn't sure how they would be able to deal and understand with that. So we decided that I would talk to them once I got home. So after about three days, um, I was allowed to go home for the day. And then be back. I think it was like seven o'clock at night or something. Okay. And I could walk to the hospital from my house. So yay. <laughs> <laughs> to be in the hospital with people in your direct community didn't feel all that pleasant. So I, I did sit down with them and tried to talk with them. And, you know, sometimes people like you get a cold. Sometimes you get a cold up here. So mommy's got a bit of a, I, I have a bit of a tune up I need to do. Mm-hmm. So I need to go see the doctors and they're going to, they're going to, are they going to help you? Yeah, they're going to help me. And we're going to try and see if certain medicines help. And um, so I kind of used the idea, uh, my doctor actually told me to do this. Um, my mom's diabetic, and she's type one, so she takes insulin. So she was trying to, she...
0: right. There, there
2: we, we go. go. Okay. No, I just trying to explain that sometimes people need help. And um, grandma does not function without insulin. So in order to keep grandma healthy, she takes insulin for her. So trying to explain to my kids that in order for me to be healthy and to be able to look after you properly and to be, uh, well, I need to take this every day.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: So it just became um, it just became part of the conversation. I mean, it happens more now. Um, We had to put my son through some testing. They thought he might have had some of the same things that I had. Uh, turns out he was just really bored and super intelligent, so he's way smarter than I am. <laughs> um, but my daughter but my daughter goes through some of the same stuff that I do, and it, she's an artist, and she loves to draw. She's done some beautiful portraits of some of the local comics, and um, she loves comedy, and she loves horror movies. So, But she is starting to – I can see the, some of the same things that I went through when I was 13, 14 years old, and I'm like, okay, I, I this is not something that – is going to go away and I don't know if she's going to deal with it. So the best thing is let's work with some preventative stuff. So counselors, mm-hmm. um, cause I mean, even going into high school, being a young girl nowadays, Oh dear God, um, internet and going into high school and everything else plus pandemic. So it doesn't hurt for her to go and talk to somebody. So for sure, she's, she's going to start that in the next couple of weeks and, uh, just be there and, I've never been somebody that's about a lot of money. Um, I have learned to, with this diagnosis, I step back a little. Um, I don't need to have a couch, couches that match, and fancy furniture. I just need a clean place to be. Mm -hmm. Um, My money is better spent uh, taking my kids on a trip somewhere, um, going to a comedy festival, um, just taking that extra day off if I need it. I know I have a number of mental health days a year. I'm taking them take that extra day off and I just I make a point to reach out to my friends reach out to my family and stuff um, because it I think it not only helps them it helps me so I know when I stop reaching out uh, then there's a problem
0: for sure yeah
2: I just I've just had to learn to be very aware of like Miles even said, like, what's today like? Every day I get up and I'm like, okay, what does this feel like? So for the first couple hours, it might take me a little bit of time to figure it out. Like yesterday, it was a bad day. I wasn't afraid to say it, though. I was like, you know what? Okay, yeah, it's a bad day. It's mm-hmm. not a going to fix. No, I, I, was, I was nervous today. Um, this is probably the first time I've really been very open about this. Um, a lot of people don't necessarily know my story and I because there is still a lot of judgment, especially when it comes to my family situation. Like one, it's nobody's business. And two, uh but to be able to have that power to go, No, I know my truth and I know what happened and I know what's going on and I'm not embarrassed about it. So if I can help one other person to get help so that this doesn't happen to them, to me that that's worth more than anything.
0: For sure.
1: So well, we want to commend you on being so open and honest and vulnerable with us cuz yeah, it's uh it, it's a lot. And I I did I did text you beforehand just to be like, "Hey, how are you um, doing today?" You know what I mean? Cuz cuz yeah, anytime, you know, you're having to share uh something that's uh, an extreme display of public vulnerability. It's very daunting, you know, and it's very and so we want to say thank you so much for for doing that and 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 it, sharing the space.
2: Yeah, your message it it, it was yeah, it was nice to be like, oh, somebody, there, there are people out there. So it was nice to be like, I'm, I'm good, thanks. I'll yeah. see you guys in a few minutes. So.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, and also, I want to commend you on, you know, having those conversations and making it such a normalized thing in your household with your children. Mm-hmm. I know it's hard to compare. Do you think that having those uh, conversations with your kids has made them more compassionate people just in general? A
2: thousand percent um my son is i call him the he's the classic canadian redneck (laughs) but uh flannel shirts and long hair and bad hats and stuff looks like a lumberjack but deep down that kid has got a heart he's got great heart and um to see him even uh, i think it was two years ago would have been my daughter's first year of high school and Miles got up early and, you know, he's like, come on, Sophia, I'll take you into the school today and walked her down to the school and took her through all the hallways and stuff and showed her all the classrooms to make her more comfortable. I was like, that's a good kid. And I'm like, I've done something right here.
0: That's, so that's, that's
2: it's huge. Yeah, like it's it's a it's a good feeling that they're good people. I'm sure there's some stuff he does that's absolutely deplorable that I don't ever want to know about as a mother. <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I think I did. I think I did okay, and I think I'm doing okay with them because, like I said, there's more money to be made. There's always more money to be made, but you, you cannot get back the time with your friends and family because it, it it just doesn't matter. Especially over this last year, we've realized that what really matters and what we can and can't live without. For sure, yeah. it turns out we can live. We can live with
1: we absolutely can but Mm -hmm. time well spent i think is the most important thing in our world because i said a version of what you said a thousand times before and i'll say it a million times again i can make more money i could buy more stuff i do not have any more time this is all i got and so the time well spent uh so that's the 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 juice of life absolutely
2: couldn't agree more definitely yeah, sure definitely
1: yeah. well <sighs> dear i know if you had any more questions for her or anything
0: i think i think that covers it yeah. and you know just kind of piggybacking off what you said you know i just i commend you for all of it i commend you for you know keeping it normal conversations with your kids i know that's something uh that has been sending me spiraling personally of just you know, me being pregnant and being like, okay, how am I going to do it? How are we going to have those conversations? How am I going to be? And so, um, so yeah, I commend you for that. And thank you for inspiring me with it. Yeah. I think
2: uh, kids in particular, kids, uh, just be real. That's the, that's the one thing we don't give kids enough. um, When you look at what's been going on around them and how they're dealing with it, they are more resilient and stronger than are willing to give them credit for give them the space that they need give them the ears that they need to if if they need to talk be that person for them or find a resource that's not necessarily you guys Um, I think kids they want to ask questions and when we make when we demonize stuff that's where we create problems so the conversations have to start with uh, kids Uh, government officials I mean we can beat them over the head but we can see that there's change happening in every aspect because we're learning to be more emotional and to not ignore that stuff. So I think we're going to see some changes and um, I'm hoping with mental health in this podcast in particular, like I love talking with you guys. I feel so much better after I do this and we've had some amazing people. There's only been what, five, five or six episodes. Eight.
1: Is it eight?
2: Yeah, oh my God. Like eight. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah no, like, we're, we're, we're moving quickly. Yeah.
2: <laughs> we've, got, we've had some great, Conversations and like I do. I finished the conversations with you guys, and just watching that podcast or talking to them, I'm like that was that was that was great. I feel yeah. great, like just like something you're you're part of something, and I'm hoping we're part of a change.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, we definitely. Yeah, that's the goal. That's the goal is to be part of the change and grow the conversation. Yeah, I think it just feels good to get it out. You know, I mean, it's that this is all very taboo still, you know, I mean, so I mean, the fact that we're being is and and to be uh, from the humor world, you know, where it's comedy and funny. And uh, and I'm sure a lot of people listening to this podcast just like it's not very funny. And we know that. And so for (laughs) for us in particular, it takes a lot to come to this table uh so earnestly Mm -hmm. uh it 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 really does uh because yeah it it if if our humor can get people here to listen for a little bit and educate themselves you might be able to grow some compassion yourself uh and i I i think it's good well of course we'll have laughs in between but you know we were the, the time and the place for the funny is always going to kind of cycle in between but i think these conversations need to be had and they're gonna feel heavy to be had but i think that's just because it's like a you're just shifting it off of you you know what i mean the the, yeah. the heaviness of having the conversation is followed by the lightness of oh man it's out there oh like it's just so yeah it does feel good just to get it out there's something to be said for just getting it out so i mean anybody watching and listening out there uh consider therapy (laughs) i mean or at least or at the very least have a a good group of friends that you could really be a soundboard to and they're not necessarily going to try and steer you one way or the other about things but they can really listen Mm
2: -hmm. or the podcast
1: or just keep watching and listening to us Or just keep watching and listening yes exactly so
0: always go to our social media send us a message get yes. it out to us in our dm so that's totally fine too we're here
1: yeah we're here feel free to, to to let us have it as well so follow us uh at mad podcast uh on instagram there's periods in between the m and the a and i think the a and the d but not the d and the p that's very important that you know that and that sentence really fun to say uh <laughs> Uh, you can follow me at miles over joker on all the social media stuff uh dear where can they follow you
0: uh bodies by heather bodies underscore by underscore heather
1: and susan where can they follow you
0: uh they
2: can find me on instagram susan thompson haha or they can find me at uh beautiful
1: beautiful, yes. beautiful. I know. Right. So thank you so much for listening to another episode. Uh, Like I said, we're moving into shaking with these things. We got a lot of fun ones coming up. So make sure you like and subscribe, and we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.